So I know we all know this. My hand is high in the air because I'm guilty as charged. We oftentimes forget this. If we can't maintain or optimize our physical and mental health, our well-being, it can really limit, damper, if not sometimes completely erase the freedom that we can enjoy through building an online business. And I know I'm guilty because sometimes I would push and I would push harder and then I'd face burnout and I'd even push into the burnout and then eventually completely destroy myself and any success that may have been had, I couldn't fully enjoy. And so to me, it became a very fun game of how much do I need? What do I need to refill? What do I need to keep my cup full so I can show up the best I can and enjoy every second of what it is I do, which is why I'm excited that we had Tanessa Shears on the show. Tanessa Shears is a health consultant that helps entrepreneurs scale their business by optimizing their health, focus, and productivity with science and biohacking. And she does a beautiful job of really bringing the science into things, but more so than that, make it really simple and understandable, easy to implement. And I was really excited to talk about sleep in this episode because I, on some subconscious intrinsic level, saw a direct correlation to the success and the energy and the abundance that I felt and the physical success I saw on a day-to-day basis with my sleep. And I started guarding my sleep like the most prized possession that I have. And it was really fun diving into that topic with Tanessa. So with that said, enjoy the episode. The first 45 seconds was fairly grainy. We had some tech issues, so the first 45 seconds is cut out, but nothing, no context, no information has been taken or eliminated from the episode. Again, it's the only 45, the first 45 seconds, so we good to go. So with that said, we're going to get right into it. Welcome to the Coach's Corner Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you turn your knowledge, your gifts, and your story into an online coaching business. This podcast is and always will be free to listen to. My only ask is if you extract value from these episodes, simply subscribe on iTunes, leave us a review, and get automatically entered into winning $500 every single month. For more information on the giveaway or to explore all of the options we have on serving you, check out www.lucasrubix.com, and I'll see you there training. And I did that for a long time. And that was the first, you know, taste of being an entrepreneur is building a zero to six figure personal training business in about a year. It was fantastic and so much fun. But I mean, as long as you are engaging in personal growth and taking that opportunity to keep learning, you keep finding stuff that's going to help your clients even more. And as I was personal training, I was like, ah, this component of food, this is so important. Like this is really getting my clients results. So I started really integrating food. And then that went a couple years. I developed a bunch of programs around that, took on a whole bunch of coaching clients. And then the same thing happened recently when I was like, oh my gosh, after experimenting so much with my own sleep, seeing what that did for my health, for my recovery after I gave birth only six months ago and seeing what that did for my focus in my business. I was like, more people need to know about this. It's not just fitness where I started. It's not just nutrition where I went. It's all three and they are like integral and they interplay. And it really has like taken the results that I got from my clients from like good to unstoppable. It's been so much fun. So cool. So cool. And there's, I think there's a lesson within that as well, because I was just literally talking to Mark Butler, who is, um, who you know of, 
Mm-hmm. He literally started the entire episode with, I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing. And every time I'm being interviewed, I'm always like, I didn't really think I'd get into sales and marketing. And I know that's true for so many people because we find something we think we like because it's like, well, we'll just yeah. try it. And then it leads to this. And then it leads to this. And then mm-hmm. you just keep finding solutions or problems to solve. And it led to this and it led to a book and it led to this awesome, um, this awesome thing you have going on. And... And who knows, might, there's probably a whole other empire you'll be building in the future on something completely else. So I, I, I was like, what, what is the title of this episode going to be? And I, I was thinking about it for like an hour today while I was doodling and thinking. But I honestly think that as coaches, if our cup's not full, if we're not full, if we're not mm-hmm. complete, so to speak, if we're not happy. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've been thinking about happiness a lot as well, because I remember even broke or stressful months, I could be very happy. And months where I was abundant and everything was happening, I could be miserable depending on how my body felt, how I slept, and how I was energetically. And so I feel like if we can keep our cup full, any problem, any obstacle, or how we are with clients can be infinitely more powerful, meaning we can get work with way more clients, and we can attract better clients, and we can probably keep clients longer. So the whole basis of what I want to talk about is really keeping your cup full mm-hmm. and Absolutely. not burning out. I don't have, have you, have you personally faced burnout? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I was just talking to uh, my brother-in-law and I said, I feel like every time I go through a huge launch or a product or like Mm -hmm. when I finish Mm -hmm. my book, my brain's like, you need a week off. That was a lot of energy. And so like going through that again and again, at some point your brain goes like, Hey, we need to learn to figure this out because this isn't fun. Like it's, it's that struggle of having to restart everything again after you lose momentum. It takes so much effort. Like there must be a solution to smoothing that process out. Like what if there could just be a a celebratory day after and then you get right back into it. So that's a lot what I found actually the sleep component did. It really helped with the burnout. Cool, cool. And I remember you getting really, really, I remember seeing a lot of stuff about sleep. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. all, your book is around that. But how, how did you discover or how did you find that sleep was, it sounds like one of the key components. Like, that's, that's yeah. what you base everything around. How did you start discovering that? Because I know you track your sleep and you're always showing all these stats for your sleep. And yeah. you're like <laughs> hyper obsessed about sleep. And I'm just like, I just sleep. But I think it's so fascinating because you obviously onto something that mm-hmm. um, that I'd love to learn more about. So how did you kind of discover that sleep was one of the more important pillars. And I'm making that up, but I think mm-hmm. that's your philosophy. Yeah, well, the interesting thing was I started seeing somebody that I watched how their business grew. Her name's Shalene Johnson, and she did a big thing on sleep like three years ago where she was you know, going to the Amen Clinic and getting sleep studies because something wasn't working for her. And I remember seeing all of that and swiping and skipping all her stories on that, not interested. I get seven, eight hours sleep. I'm fine. And I find that's our attitude towards it because we're like, well, I'm in bed seven to eight hours. I'm, it's fine. I mean, it couldn't make that much of a difference. So I had that attitude for a long time. And you know, when you're working, like when I was personal training 30, 35 clients a week, plus all the work at home, it almost becomes normal what you experience and nobody questions it. We all kind of feel like this. So this must be normal. Right. And that went on for a long time. But when my baby was born in February, if you've ever been through having a child, you don't sleep for those first couple weeks. I, there were days where my sleep tracker would count like two hours every 24 hours mm-hmm, of total mm-hmm, sleep mm-hmm. because you can't get into enough of a sleep. And I noticed 
how much of an effect that had on my ability to hit my desk in the morning. Like I was back to work two weeks after baby. I love my clients. I love what I do, but I would sit there to write a newsletter and my, my brain would Mm -hmm. feel like soup. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, this feels terrible. And I had to experience it in like the worst form of like very sleep deprivation, but really feeling that like, I have no inspiration. I, don't feel creative at all. I can't even focus. Like I would stare at my computer and I'm like, I've got nothing. And that is so not like me because my business derives on inspiration. But it was just such a point where I was like, oh my gosh, this is sleep. And then as soon as you start taking those steps to really change what you're doing and get quality sleep and, and create a high performance brain, it's like, oh my gosh, I could never go back. You, it's like, you have no idea what your brain is supposed to feel like. It's like having a Lexus that you've been running on regular fuel. And then all of a sudden you wonder why it's been clunky. You put high performance fuel in to a high performance machine and it runs and you are like, Oh my gosh, duh. And after I started feeling that, like I said, there's just no way you can go back. It just feels too good. You're too productive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've, you've got me at the high performance machine. I I like horsepower. So (laughs) <laughs> so okay, so that that resonates. What are and this is probably a huge topic that we could start unpacking yeah. forever. But someone who wants to start feeling high performance, start feeling um, well, start experiencing what you're talking about here. This high, and yeah. I think we experience it by chance. Like I, I think we've all been inspired by some huge idea, and it's like two weeks yeah. goes by, and all you can you're waking up with energy, with passion, with fuel, but it stops at some point. And you lose it because you overdid it or, you know, you, you, I think mentally we're really, really powerful and strong. And I think you can get through a lot just with your mind. But at some point, like it takes, like you said, sleep, body, nutrition, all these things. If someone wants to start taking those steps or, or if you were working through a initiation day or a onboarding type of idea here, what would you start diving into? What, what are some of the first things we're talking about? Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting going back to what you just said about that, pushing through kind of thing. If you took that and put that on high performance sleep, it would be like steroids for your performance, which is so interesting. But the first place we always go back to, like in terms of creating that high performance brain is just like, how can I get better quality sleep? Because there is a massive difference between having your eyes closed and getting sleep that actually, you know, enhances your memory and your problem solving. I mean, how many of us have been staring at a broken link or a web page or trying to write a sales page and your brain is not just, it's not with it. It's not helping you at all. Right. Mm-hmm. So getting quality sleep, and there are components of that that we can go into, but getting the quality, the right amounts of the right type is where you start. And oftentimes where I get my clients to start is with what I call a circadian rhythm resets because our bodies function on 24 hour clocks. I mean, our, our sleep wake cycles, our hunger, our hormones, our metabolism, everything follows that clock. So does our sleep yet as entrepreneurs, we're probably the worst for sticking to a bedtime Mm -hmm. and -hmm. sticking to a wake up time. So really developing a consistent sleep schedule, because if we go into the details of sleep, the end of your night is all the dreaming. The majority of the dreaming happens at the end of the night and the majority of the rejuvative uh, rejuvative, um, deep sleep happens at the beginning of the night. So if you're staying up late, you're cutting into deep sleep. If you're getting up too early, 
you're cutting out the dream sleep. So by consistently fluctuating right. your bedtime and your wait time, you're, you're essentially saying, okay, today I don't want memory. Today I don't want emotional management. Today I'm not, I don't want willpower. It's like cutting off some of the good stuff no matter what you do. I love that. I love that. And that, I think that was the one thing that was taught to me is like I'm in bed by nine and I wake up at five and it didn't matter. Like I'm sure I could go to bed at 12 and wake up at eight and eventually I'd maybe get into that same cycle. But for me, it's in bed at nine, usually mm-hmm. sleeping by 10, waking up at five. And if I consistently do that, I'm a powerhouse. And the second mm-hmm. you go on holiday, like I'm leaving tomorrow and I know sometimes it gets all jumbled up because, you know, yep. you go out, you do this. Um, I, I feel like 50% the next day every time mm-hmm. and so i could only imagine a family like life i guess happens and mm-hmm. things happen mm-hmm. and you know maybe like i used to get so stressed out especially a year or two ago if i wasn't in bed by nine the stress that i felt by not being in bed at nine probably affected me more than just going to bed at 11 because circumstances so like i was way yeah. too a type around it yeah. but it sounds like a routine and getting into that routine and if you're tempted mm-hmm. we've all guilty of this if you're tempted at nine o'clock to just because you're feeling inspired to jump on the computer and do one small thing, mm-hmm. maybe have some kind of system to write it in your notes for tomorrow and mm-hmm. stick to the sleep instead of, you know, do something. Yeah, well, and that's part of a lot of what I teach is that, like, I want to create such high-performance brains with my clients that they do get more done Yeah. in right. that one or two days than a lot of people get done in a week. Cool. Right. And that all comes back to our ability to really dial in and focus. Cool. Right. Cool. And so that we don't need all that extra time until 9, 10, 11 p.m. at night. Yeah. To me, unless there's like a deadline or a launch coming up or something like that, if it is just a normal get stuff done week, if we're, you know, pushing past our bedtime, it probably means there were some moments earlier in the day that can be cleaned up in terms of our productivity. So cool. So cool. So I'm, I'm sure there's there's a ton of science you could dive into. But just for simplicity's sake, it sounds fairly yeah. simple is get into a rhythm get to sleep. It's sort of kind of very important. So mm-hmm. start, uh, you call it the circadian rhythm. Am I right on that? Yep. I've heard that before. Yep. I don't fully understand what that means, but it sounds fairly simple, but our body works on a 24 hour clock and yep. get That's it exactly. used to get it used to, um, its rhythm and quit confusing it. So step one, sleep. Yeah. Step two. Oh, step two. And a lot of people don't like this. And especially us that are glued to our computers is pull out the blue light. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because that's, I mean, sitting in front of computers, TVs, on our phones. That's what we do before bed. A lot of people yeah. unwind with an Instagram scroll or last minute checking the email and stuff like that. But without going, like you said, too much into the science of it, when we have light entering our eyes, it stimulates a part of the brain called the SCN to stop producing melatonin. Melatonin is that nice hormone that says to the body, hey, hey, hey. Sleep's coming, sleep's coming, start winding down. So if we're staring directly into blue light sources until 10, 11, 12, and then we decide to turn out the light, our melatonin's not gonna kick in for two to three hours. So we're sitting there going, I can't fall asleep, my sleep is restless, I'm missing out on the quality sleep. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the big thing. And, and it's not just by pulling out the blue light, but there's a lot of stuff that you can do. I mean, easy stuff that most of us know is like there's blue light filters on our phones. There's apps that you can download for a computer. I know Flux is one that's really good. But one of my favorites is actually I bought a pair of red lensed blue light blocking glasses. They are fantastic. I put them on, everything goes red, and it simulates sunset. Mm. Like the sun going down. So 
if I'm on my computer, my brain is still seeing red, not blue light. So everything's starting to wind down. My melatonin starts to get released. So when I go to sleep in an hour, hour and a half, like I am falling asleep reading every time. They're fantastic. They've made Mm -hmm. such a difference to the quality of my sleep and the productivity the next day. I love that. It's funny how you just like figure, I know, I just figured it out a few years ago of like if I was on my phone before sleep, I Mm -hmm. seem to not sleep or I'd wake up in half hour. Like I just, I didn't fall asleep very well so i just made it a rule of like i keep my phone across the room i plug it in and then i go to bed and i it's because i think we're just so trained to like they call it there's even like a thing called the phantom finger where it's like a thing like people will be sitting there and scrolling their finger but they have no phone in their hand they call it the phantom finger effect or something we're so used to scrolling and it like freaked people out and so there's like there's a whole study on it of like kids fingers just scrolling in the middle of class with no phone in, in their hand because we're so used to doing it so i'm like get rid of the the oh. cause and just get put the phone away uh yeah. so that but that is why and that makes sense yeah. so i'm guessing these glasses can help but they can also be a double-edged sword because then maybe you'll be tempted to just be on the computer right before you go to bed but they sound like they're helpful they could be, but the funny thing is I can only wear them for 30 to 45 minutes before I'm falling asleep, right. so like sitting up so against cool. my headboard. Like I'm falling asleep, sitting up. <laughs> like I've, I've fallen asleep during conversations with my husband before yeah. bed. So they, yeah. they knock right out. But like so even, cool. even thinking of like one of my one of my clients and she for a long time was like, no, I don't want to pull the phone out before bed because she had like a midnight bedtime all the time. And I finally said, give me a week. She pulled out her phone. And without setting that, I call that artificial sunset. When you're looking into a screen all right. the time, our brains are like, oh, this is natural light. It just starts falling asleep at 10 o'clock. It's fantastic. Right. So, so this cool. is where our bodies actually regulate to. Cool. What, what I like about this, because I'm always looking for some way to make me a little bit more productive, is this doesn't take, you know, there's a lot of like pills and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of supplements and a lot of things you can start doing so far. I'm sure we're going to get into moving the body at some point, but so far... Sleep, I mean, it's free. It just takes a little discipline. There's no complication to this. And no phone, no screens before bed. It's not that complicated. Anyone can do this. And it's not a huge lifestyle change yet, which is why I like this so far. Step three. Yeah. Uh, My my third tip, I think, that makes the biggest difference is blacking out your bedrooms. Cool. Um, Because we are attached to our electronics, if you look around your room at night, how many indicator lights can you Mm -hmm. find that are still on? I know my Sonos speakers has a set that's on. When my phone is fully charged, it lights up bright green, you know, uh, sneaking in through the side of the drape. So really investing in, like, some blackout curtains or a roller blind. And we went as far as getting some double-sided Velcro to make sure that there's a seal between the wall and the curtain, and it's amazing what that does for specifically your REM, your rapid eye movement dream sleep at the end of the night. Because when the sun is coming up earlier, like it has been for the summer, if light is filtering in your room, you're naturally going to start waking up and interrupting that sleep. Right. So making sure the room is black. I mean, if you can hold up your hand in front of your face and you can see it, it's not dark enough. Cool. That's an easy one. Totally and I easy. agree, especially if you live in the city. Like I'm right downtown Vancouver where it's just bright city lights. And, and, um, and even in the middle of the night, it's like, it's bright, not just from the technology, which I try to cover up with tape cause it pisses me off, yeah. but just from the city <laughs> itself. Yeah. Um, I, I went, uh, two weeks ago or one week ago, I don't know. I was on Vancouver Island and I slept at a buddy's place. He had a spare room and he was in the middle of the country 
and I had the best sleep of my life. And I woke up because it was pitch black and you could hear birds chirping. You could hear it was like nature. Um, And then I came back to the city and I'm like, you don't realize the cars, the honking, the people, the noises, the lights. And I had a hard time falling asleep for like a day or two. And I was like, some country folk have it good. Country folk have it good. Step four. Tip four. Step four, tip four. Uh, Another really good one, and it relates to what you just said, is to create kind of like a bubble of quiet. And now living in a big city like we do, and I know you're in a bit more of a bigger part of the city than I am, it's noisy. There's people outside, there's cars going by. Um, Even if those of us that live with people, there are, you know, they're downstairs up late, I've got a baby that cries. So one of the things that I found actually is really simple pair earplugs pop them in, at least it helps you get to sleep, right? Um, But the thing that I actually found that was super interesting was for a while when the baby was still in our room, she had a sound machine, like a white noise, low fan humming the whole time. Oh, I had a luxurious sleep because I couldn't hear my husband snoring anymore. Right, (laughs) And it was fantastic because when you have a constant sound during the night, what you don't realize is that all of those sounds that would normally have entered into your consciousness are kind of dulled in a sense because they're not like a snore that comes out of the night or a motorcycle going down the street, right? It's kind of blended in because it's not breaking the silence. So when we moved our baby into her own bedroom, we were like, oh, I need a sound machine. So that's one of the first thing we went and bought that same sound uh-huh. machine that's now in our room. So cool. So cool. So so one thing I do, I, I'd like to hear your um your opinion on this because it helps me fall asleep is I have like, I'll listen to, uh, you know, fall asleep meditations, incantations. Yeah. Uh, they're super soothing and they turn off in about 45 minutes. So not the the next video or the next audio won't play. Yeah. Um, same idea. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine if it's something that gets you to sleep and that's the yeah. thing is every single person is so different. That's why it's, it's more like a journey and an experimentation, what worked, what didn't work and having a way of evaluating if it worked or didn't work. Right. Because that's the problem that a lot of us have is we think that if we are in bed at 10 and out of bed by six, we had eight hours sleep. But if you've ever tracked your sleep, you'll know that we naturally wake up between sleep cycles every 90 to 110 minutes. And that sleep time is not time to sleep. So if you're spending eight hours in your bed, it is likely you're only maybe getting seven hours, seven hours, 15 minutes of sleep. So the, right. the idea of time asleep and sleep opportunity, meaning the time you go to give yourself to go to sleep and wake up are two different things. So if you want eight hours of right. sleep, you can't be spending eight hours in bed. So, so that's, I guess that's the next thing. Cause I was curious. Yeah. It started coming up a few minutes ago of like a marketing strategy. I can track it. A workout routine, I could track it. I can ch- jump on the scale. Yep. You, you know, I could track my body fat. I can track my strength numbers. Easy to track. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to sleep, quality of sleep, and the energy you're feeling throughout the day, I mean, I'm intuitive. Like, I'm like, oh, great. Like, I need to go to bed a little earlier or later. I'm yep. guessing you're using some kind of tools with clients to track their sleep. Uh, yep. what, are, what are, like, some of these key metrics or some of these key um, data points that... Yep you can use to make database decisions and not, you know, emotional decisions, so to speak. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons that I advocate for any type of wearable sleep tracking technology is because we don't have sensors in our brain. Like we wake up and we have no idea the quality of sleep. We don't have a printout that comes out saying, yeah. Oh, well you could deep sleep and bad REM sleep. We have no idea. So without having that data, 
there's no way to really know how to improve it, if you improved it, if what you're doing works, right? So right. when I start there, the first key metric I always look at is, are you actually asleep for seven and a half, eight hours per night? Because unless that metric is being hit, all the other ones are percents of that. So they don't really make much sense until right. you have your sleep duration. So we're looking for seven and a half to eight hours. That's the end goal is to be consistently getting that. And I always look over a monthly average. Like I got spreadsheets that take all that data and average it out and, you know, display where we're getting trends where you're not meeting your sleep goals. Cause I want to be able to look at a spreadsheet and clearly say, Hey, you haven't met your sleep goals for the last four nights. What's different. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's the first one is I look at sleep duration. So your clients are wearing these and you're getting the data and you're helping yeah. them figure out, you know, make decisions based on that. Yeah, absolutely. Because if, if there's certain amounts of sleep that are too much or missing, there's usually main culprits that I go to first, right? So it gives me data to help them know what to change. So if they're not getting enough deep sleep, one of my first things I look at is, okay, well, what's your blue light exposure before bed? There's certain checklist items right. that I go to first. So like I said, there's two main components of sleep that I like to look at. Um, there's after we look at duration, there's deep sleep. So that's slow wave, deep restorative sleep. That's the stuff that helps us recover from our workouts. Um, it helps us process memories. So on average, we want that to be anywhere between 10 and 20% of your night. So the interesting thing about that, that's a lot dependent on age. Deep sleep is the one that deteriorates the most as we age. Um, and that is also because when, when those deep sleep waves, they slow down, that's what leads to things like memory loss and Alzheimer's and dementia and things that are associated with older age diseases. Okay. So we want to preserve that deep sleep as much as we can. So if you're getting adequate sleep duration, then you're looking at that 10 to 20% range per night for deep sleep. Right. So that's like an hour to an hour and a half, I'm guessing. I'm yeah. just kind of looking at this, but aroundish. Yeah, at about, about in, in mid 40s to 50s, you're looking at between 45 minutes and an hour. Uh, for people in their 20s and 30s, 90 minutes is what I like to see. Yeah. It, it's it's a good amount of time spending. And then the last one that I look at is REM sleep. So that's rapid eye movement. That's when you're dreaming. That's when all of our uh, memory storage, your um, mood regulation, your creativity, problem solving, all that happens during REM sleep. So that should be between 20 and 25% of your night. So the majority of that happens at the end of the night and the majority of your deep sleep happens at the earlier part of the night. So we're looking at those. Those are the first three metrics. I mean, I have metrics on metrics that I watch, but those are the ones I look at first and I'm like, okay, if these are not in order, these are our, our big rocks, so to speak, that need to be put in first. Cool, cool. Yeah. So interesting. It's like I, I am sometimes fascinated by these worlds or these things that I guess these areas of science or areas of study that, you know, I mean, you can't know everything, but it's so yeah. fascinating to me that, you know, that this is like, that this exists and that it, like it's, 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 of, it's so cool to me. Like it's so fascinating mm -hmm. to me to learn something new there. Okay. So people are getting sleep. They're going to sleep. They've got their schedule figured out. They're blacking out their blinds or they're blacking out the rooms, mm -hmm. um, the noise. They're trying to, you know, earplugs or, or limit yeah. the noise. And if you're in the city, I mean, you do what you got to do. And yeah. they're tracking their sleep, looking at their data, looking at their metrics, mm -hmm. getting 
I'm just trying to work through the process here. Getting you're getting data back, so you're seeing how much deep sleep, REM sleep, um, making decisions, or you're helping your clients make decisions on. Well, may, are you getting waking up? Like there's something happening here. Is there something in the mm-hmm. middle of the night that's waking you up? Is it sirens? Whatever that may be, you're figuring that out. What are you usually seeing happening, clients? Once they start dialing this in, what are you seeing? Ha- like what's what's the feeling? What's the what's usually the thing that they're saying that like, oh my god, this is how I feel, or this is this yeah. is happening. What, what, what's happening after that? Yeah, there's two things that happen. The first one is I wake up before my alarm clock. Now I mm. don't need an alarm clock to wake up. Like I've got one client that I can think about the top of my head. We're working a nine 30 to six rhythm with her right now. So she has an alarm oh, wow. clock set for six because she has to get up at that time. But she all week has been, you know, five 55, no so alarm cool. clock. And when you can wake up without an alarm clock, you're always going to feel better because normally mm. when we wake up to an alarm clock, there is the potential that it is cutting us off in the middle of a sleep cycle. Right. So sleep cycles are when we go from, we might go into deep sleep, back to light, we dream a bit, we come back. But if we are waking up from deep sleep or from dream, we're going to wake up disoriented, confused, yes. groggy, right tired. Those are all those things that my clients come to me saying, I'm so tired when I wake up, I'm tired all day. So if we can get you waking up without an alarm clock at the same time, that tells me, yes, your circadian rhythm is, is in order. And that's also telling me too, that, um, because you're waking up at that same time every day, you are likely waking up at the end of a sleep cycle. Right. Right. So that you're, you're that. So that's the first thing they tell me. And the second thing they tell me is, I'm not tired in the morning. I get up and yeah. I'm awake. Like that's, isn't that the dream about yeah. sleep to so cool. wake up and not feel like you have to hit the snooze. Cause that's one thing is I say, we don't touch snooze buttons. We're better than that. Mm. Because mm-hmm. if you're, well, well, if you're going to wake up at that time, just set the alarm for the latest time you would have hit the snooze and actually get up. Yeah. So cool. I guess I have this little list and you, you just had me come up with something beautiful is I, like entrepreneurship, it it has a lot of upside, but it has a lot of downside. And mm-hmm. I try to find things that I'm grateful for within entrepreneurship, following my passion, following my purpose. But one thing that I have not done for, this is going to sound really privileged, but probably for five or six years, I've never set an alarm unless I have like a 4 a.m. flight that I know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. But like if I wake up at five, I wake up at five. And if I wake up at seven or eight, I'm fine. My day is scheduled. Like mm-hmm. I have no client calls before 9 a.m. ever. And so yep. if I wake up at 8, I don't stress out about it. I'm just, that's yeah. what I needed for sleep. And yeah. I, I, I don't know the last time I've heard an alarm clock go off unless I have some early morning flight somewhere um, that, you know, you wake up and you're all discombobulated. But I guess yeah. some of your clients possibly have jobs where they have to wake up at yeah. 6 to start getting ready for work. And so I'm kind of like, I'm actually really grateful for the fact that your life can be set up as an entrepreneur, as a coach, if you set it up right, to mm-hmm. not have an alarm. So if you don't get the best sleep, you can just sleep until you sleep kind of idea. Yeah, yeah, totally. And a lot of the the entrepreneur clients that I do work with, I get them to set an alarm clock in an effort to restore their circadian rhythm. Right. Because right. if you can consistently sleep in and your body on average is getting tired 16 hours later, if that's always changing, it's very hard to get right. a rhythm. So it's almost like a... Um, boot camp for your sleep so to speak right right okay okay okay. so cool so so we're getting our sleep in order but what about the clients or i guess this is a selfish question from me Mm -hmm. but i'm sure a lot of people can relate to this is like i can get i get a lot of sleep sleep is like Mm -hmm. my number one goal but 
I can um, let on the accelerator, especially with a launch or something exciting that's happening. And I'm becoming more and more aware of when I know I need to stop and just force myself mm-hmm. to take a day off before it's too late. Mm-hmm. But in the past or sometimes currently, I'll just push beyond it because I'm tougher than that. And next thing I know, I'm not so tough because I'm I'm hurting. Um, what other than just throwing the word discipline around, which maybe that's the only way to do this, mm-hmm. but what's what's some of the things we could start thinking about if we find ourselves constantly burnt out, but maybe someone's saying, like, I, I actually get fairly good sleeps. I just overwork or, or push. Like, I, and, and this is the thing. I read this somewhere. This is in a book by um, that Mike guy with, with clockwork. Like, you give an entrepreneur more time. Like, everyone wants more time. If mm-hmm. I only had more time, I could finish what I need. But then you give someone more time and you'll just say, or if I only had more money, I could solve this problem. So you give them more money and we find ways to spend it. And um, if we don't discipline ourselves. And so that thought comes to mind of, I read a book on productivity and it's like, great, people want to be more productive. And mm-hmm. so we help them get more productive so they can get more done in less time. And then they use that extra time to just try to get more done and end up double effing themselves, so to speak. So speak on that just a little bit, because I'm sure you find that pattern. And I bet you I'd fall into that trap is if I could find more time to get more done, I'd use my extra time to try to get even more done and, you know, end up in the same place. Yeah. I find the topic of burnout so interesting. And the way I coach my clients on this is different than a lot of people do. Um, for my clients, a lot of the time I notice they will have selective burnout. And this is how I can tell it's not truly burnout. So mm-hmm. by selective burnout, I mean, oh, you're completely worn out with your business, but you have so much energy when it comes to this side right. project. If you're truly burnt out, your energy is done across the board. Mm-hmm. And so if you're finding that you know, the, your day-to-day grind is just has worn you down, but the weekend comes and you have some project, whatever it is you're working on, if you go full steam ahead and you're fully recharged, what I like to look at is how is this burnout happening? Because I truly believe that there's two kinds of burnout. There is a physical burnout and a mental burnout. Physical burnout to me is when you're overtraining, under eating, under sleeping, and it is actually a physiological burnout in which you are not giving your body the raw materials that it needs to function even at a basic level. I find that a lot of people, that's not it so much. A lot of entrepreneurs have mental burnout. Mm -hmm. And what that means is it's the quality of your thoughts are starting to change. So when I have a client that's going through burnout, I have them do what's called a thought download. I'm like, write down everything you're thinking right now. Let's go. And what we'll notice is that the the quality of the thoughts deteriorates the more they identify with being burnt out. So their thoughts will be like, uh, I don't know if I can do this. Doubt creeps in, fear creeps in, um, shame or judgment or guilt about missing out on something. Their thoughts start to um, Mm -hmm. center around those topics. Whereas when you're starting out a project, it's optimism and excitement and, um, inspiration is happening and all of these things here and your thoughts are, I can do it. This is fun. This is going to reach people. This is going to help people. When you start to burn out, it's like, maybe I should watch Netflix. I should Mm -hmm. quit now. It's the quality of your thinking changes. So if you're able to self coach yourself Mm -hmm. through that type of thinking and truly see how your thinking is showing up in your results, then we can assess, okay, are you burnt out or did your thinking go completely sideways? Do you need that rest because you are exhausted from the way you are thinking? I love that so yeah. much because I used to, 
literally say I was burnt out, but mm-hmm. I can almost truly say that I've probably only been burnt out maybe two times in my life where I was truly burnt out. Like I, I was in bed for two weeks and I, I, you give me a brand new Ducati in the driveway and I wouldn't drive it. Like I just had no interest in anything oh, and no. I had no physical power to do it. But I've caught myself going into patterns where I'm starting to feel a little burnt out or tired. And mm-hmm. intuitively, I'm just like, wait, what am I thinking? And make a little okay. bit of a list or make a little bit of uh, just checking on what I'm thinking and yep. change that. And a walk and a little bit of different incantations or a different way of thinking or gratitude, I know is my biggest pill I take to get rid of a lot of mm-hmm. BS in my head. And next thing you know, I'm like re-energized and ready to go. And I've noticed that with a lot of clients too, is they will say they're burnt out. And so mm-hmm. we do a little happy dance and we just do some thinking mm-hmm. on what could be a little vision and next yep. thing you know, they're off to the races. So it's not, yeah. you know, true burnout, so to speak. I don't think, yeah. I think true burnout, like you end up in the hospital, like real burnout, yep. you're in the hospital. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Cool. You know what the interesting thing is? One of the things I walk through with my clients is, you know how you said you like, you have the, the go for the walks and stuff like that. One of the things I really like to do with my clients too is what is it that's so bad about this feeling of burnout that you're resisting so hard? Like if there was a feeling that if there was no feeling you weren't willing to feel, how would you act differently right now? So a lot of the time it's the avoidance of feeling that overwhelm, anxiety and stress and feeling that in which we want to distract ourselves from. So one of the things, really powerful things that I work with my clients on is what is it like to just allow that feel what you're experiencing as burnout? What is that just like to have that there and not need to escape it, but still be productive through that? Because that's the same way it works with anxiety, too. I don't know if you're familiar. I've struggled with anxiety on and off whole life. It's one of those things where I don't choose to distract myself anymore. I just let the anxiety sit there just kind of like it's like if you're at a party and there's someone that you don't get along with on the other end of the room, you don't need to leave the party. You just don't have to interact with them. But it can still be there and hold its own space. But I find that that takes the fear of burnout happening away in the first place. Because if you can be in the room with burnout and not have to react or distract or anything like that. If you can just be there, then there's no, you took away all of its power. Like I have been having, it's been one of those weeks for me. It's been an anxious week, but it's like, it's here in the room. It's fine. It's just one of those weeks. It doesn't mean I can't still monitor and edit my thoughts to make sure I'm still getting done what needs to get done. So cool. I so appreciate you saying that because a lot of time, you know, experts in in a certain field will, Mm Not mention that, but like we're human. Mm. I go through mm. massive waves of anxiety or stress about the very thing that I just coached someone on of like money yep. is an energy. Don't stress about the money, but then something massive happens and we have to hire a lawyer and this and that. And all of a sudden 40 mm. grand is out of the account and I feel a little stress, but yep. but working you through it, that self-coaching I think you mentioned is so, we're yeah. so great at coaching others because we're coaches, but sometimes yeah. we're not the most effective, efficient self-coaches. And so developing that skill set sounds like a... Uh, a big thing you work on with people. Yeah. And it, the, one of the people that I follow very closely in her work, and I think we were talking about her earlier is Brooke Castillo. Yeah. She gives this analogy of having it be like, if you're at the beach with a beach ball and the beach ball is anxiety or burnout and you're holding it underwater, that's what it right. feels like to have that and not be dealing with it, to be resisting it, fighting it. This shouldn't be here. I don't want to be burned out. Power, 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 power. But what happens when you hold a beach ball underwater? eventually it flies out. Mm -hmm. So I like the kind of idea of just the beach ball floating beside you (laughs) instead of having to shove it underwater and fight with, to keep it under. It's just, it's just so much more freeing 
And it takes such less energy to have that be around because if we're people that naturally, entrepreneurs are higher stress people. Yeah. It's going to be there. It's what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to think that we're, to learn how to manage that overwhelm, burnout and anxiety is one of those skills, which would be one of the most fundamental skills you can have in your business toolkit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess you, I mean, it sounds like you've gone through this, but at least for my own journey, you start because you fight, like you're, you're a fighter. So you just go all in and then mm-hmm. it gets you to some kind of level, but the next level of evolution is the next level. And now I find myself in a place too of allowing of flow mm-hmm. of as we build mm-hmm. a team, it's like letting go of control. And I just had a great session with my coach last week or on Monday was um, for the first time in my life, I fully let go of control one day. And mm-hmm. By letting go of control, I felt like I was in total control. Like I saw the big picture. I mm-hmm. knew what everyone's working on. Everything was just flowing. And mm-hmm. I felt in control yep. without being in control. So that's kind of the stage that I'm going through. But I also think that there is stages. And you only learn how to get to the next stage by completely killing yourself in one stage and realizing it's no longer serving yeah. you. Yeah, and all these experiences are what make us effective coaches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're not able to coach on something until you've worked through it yourself. Like I wasn't able to coach on burnout and anxiety until I've learned how to have it in my life without Mm -hmm. it being a problem anymore. Yeah. Right. Going through stuff like that just makes you a better coach. Yeah. 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 So cool. So cool. Let's talk about your book, hack your sleep for Mm -hmm. more productivity, energy and focus in your business. Um, First of all, where can people find that? And I'm always very, very transparent on it. There's, Maybe two episodes in our entire uh, podcast that I'm an affiliate for something. And I think there's, we don't run ads on YouTube. I'm just really hardcore on that. So there's no affiliation. Um, I, would, I would let people know just so there's no ulterior motives. But let's just talk about the book um, yeah. and where people can find it and what it's all about. Yeah. So this was one of those fun things that when I regulated my circadian rhythm and naturally woke up at five thirty six every morning, mm. my baby mm. wasn't up till eight. I've got two hours. What did I do? Right. I wrote a book. So Why cool. not? Like, so that's kind of what I did. Um, so yeah, I published it. Oh, it would have probably been three weeks, two or three weeks ago now. Right. It's available on Amazon, Kindle paperback. So it's so you can just search my name, Tanessa Shears, or the title of the book, Focus my name and it'll pop up. It's a, it's been such a fun experience. And the whole purpose of it was to really illustrate how sleep can affect your business. It is specific to that. All of my examples are specific to entrepreneurship. Uh, the focus on it is that I present that sleep is our best opportunity to enhance our intelligence straight across the board. I not only talk just about like how we can do that, but I go into the exact outlining of the 18 strategies that I implemented. I show my sleep study in terms of here are all my spreadsheets. Here's where I implemented idea one, two, three. And you can see the numbers changing in live time as I went through my sleep study. Cool. And then I worked on it with clients. So it's not just a, oh, here's an idea. Here's an idea. It's behind right. the scenes. Here's your lingo. And this is exactly how it changed my sleep with the raw numbers. So, so it, cool. it's kind of a neat how-to. It's it's to the point. I tried to leave out all the filler. I wanted it just to be like you can read it in two or three hours right. and take action. So cool. Okay. I like. I also like how it was written because you mastered your sleep <laughs> cycle. So it's actually sort of kind of funny if you think about it. There's actually a yeah. lot of humor in that. I know, right? I, I was it. like, well, what else am I going to do with two extra hours every morning? So write cool. a book and- on. 
how I got these two hours. <laughs> and, and, and even even you just saying that, like how many people probably ooze, drool at the idea of, oh my God, I like if I had two extra hours. So that's really, really cool. That's, um, I love that. I love that. It's actually got me thinking. I took some extra notes, got me thinking of, I've always said I sleep really well, but I'm really interested in actually tracking it. I've never worn a, a wearable or trackable device to track my sleep. Um, cause your iPhone cannot do it. There are apps for your phone, but I guess it probably tracks more through sound or I, I know there's apps for sleep that are on your phone that you're not wearing, but I'm guessing the wearing is obviously tracking your heartbeat. Your heartbeat probably lowers when you're in deep sleep. So it knows more effectively, but I have seen apps on the phone. Have you seen those? Yeah. Like, so there's ones that you can put on your mattress or beside your pillow or on your bedside table that base it on, um, mattress movement. So they use the accelerometer mm. on the phone or they use audio. So I've, you know, use my sleep tracker and compare those. I just, I don't buy into them. I just don't yeah. find them as effective as they could be. But I mean, Apple stuff does do it. I have a client that uses her Apple watch and syncs it right. to an Apple pillow. Uh, I know she pays like a monthly subscription for it. Um, but honestly, I've just used a Fitbit. I, there's so yeah. many options yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. But at the, at the end of the day, if you're looking at your numbers and you're average deep sleep is 13 and you get it to 16 regardless of how accurate it is it improves yeah. by 3%. Yeah, That's yeah, what I yeah. look at. Relative I like improvement. I like that. Yeah. If 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 people are are interested, I know I'm interested in this. If people are interested in in learning a little bit more about you or about I know you produce content, you have some master classes, you got a whole bunch of stuff. This is your yeah. jam. If yeah. if people want to dive into your world and uh, especially if they know you need sleep, it sounds like I've never had kids, so I I just I never talk about it because I'm I've never done it, so I can't talk about it. But it mm -hmm. sounds like a lot of people have kids. I know my good friends I just visited had their second kid, and mm -hmm. she's tired. Like she's like, you know, she's starting to hit that phase where I think yeah. she's starting to complain and just being like, I don't get sleep. Like you can see yeah. her irritable. Um, if someone's interested in diving deeper in on it, where would they find you? Yeah, I mean, I'm Tanessa Shears everywhere, but the best place, the hub to find it all, is just my website, TanessaShears.com. That's cool. the best place you can find everything. I've got a, a master class that's on right now. It's called Becoming Limitless, how to optimize your brain and body with biohacking so you can eliminate brain fog and work at full capacity in your business. So that's just a master class I have on there. But my content and everything, you can find it all cool. over social, Tanessa Shears, YouTube. We'll, we'll grab all the links and have them in the description below. And finally, and I ask everybody this question, I get some of the most amazing answers. Um, this can be business, personal. I know you just had a uh, um, Hannah, correct? Hannah, yes, two months, two months, two month old. She's six months. Six, six months. months, six month old. Yeah. Um, right, right. And so I, I like to ask the question, and you can you can take this whatever way you want. But if mm -hmm. there's one thing that maybe you've recently gone through, or a lesson that you could pass down, or some words of wisdom that mm -hmm. you wish you would have known maybe six or 10 years ago that could have helped you maybe avoid some pain or at least been a bit of a, a light post, so to speak, or a, um, a, a, an anchor that you could have swam to to avoid some pain or avoid some problems. And really why I ask this question is I'm so interested in hearing people's failures or their mistakes because I think you learn most from that. And mm -hmm. so if I meet someone who succeeds in their field, yeah, the flash and the glamour and, and the Ferrari is cool, but I'm more interested in what were some of those mm -hmm. biggest things that that really slowed you down. Um, yep. So for yourself, is there anything that, that comes to mind maybe from a recent experience or something that you wish you could pass down? Yeah, I think the best thing I learned is that you don't have to believe any of your beliefs anymore. 
meaning we're brought up with the belief set that we currently have. We've probably adopted some more along the way, but we never ever stop and question if we still want to hold on to those. And I find so many of them are limiting beliefs, doubt, this is never going to work. I don't know how to do tech, all of those kind of things. So really seeing those, finding out where they came from and then questioning, you know, do you still want to believe these? Like some of the beliefs that we can track back to like, like, oh, I've tracked some of my fun beliefs, like back to the school playground where Mm -hmm. I was the kid who Mm -hmm. liked to stay inside at lunch hour and read. And they would always kick me out and say, go play with the other kids. And Mm. I was just like, I want to learn. I want to grow. And so it was so interesting. I found that from that, I was given the belief that I should want to always go out and play and have fun and leisure when Mm. what I wanted to do was grow and learn. So that was a really conflicting thing for me was learning that, oh, it's okay if I don't want to go out and party and go out for social dinners and that I like being home and working on my business and Mm -hmm. reading. Mm -hmm. Like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So this noon hour supervisor who gave me that belief that I should want to go out and play with the other kids and not want to stay by myself and read, like that wasn't what made me happy. And it really just allowed me to sink into who I am. I'm a homebody. I yeah. love being home with my family. I love reading. I love working on my business. I'm not that social and that's okay. Yeah. I love and that. That's- yeah. I love that. I love that. I remember the city really making an impact on me because I was really good just kind of hanging out and learning like I love studying too and everyone in the city was like but it's Friday night and I'm like yeah and what's what's the point and I actually kind of felt like maybe I'm a loser or maybe there's something wrong with me but what lights you up and and do more of that regardless of what people think I think is an amazing uh reminder for for everybody yeah definitely so awesome. Tanessa, really appreciate your time. I'll have all the links below. Check out the book. Check out the website. Check out all the social media links. And it's such a fascinating topic that you've got me. Like, I don't think I'll sleep the same for a little while. I'm going to get a little <laughs> tracker and I'm going to see what happens. And maybe I'll hit you back and, and see what my numbers are. See what you think of them. That'd be fun. Let's do it. Appreciate you, Tanessa. Thank you. All right. So as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.